Vocal fam, what's up? We are back with week two. Of Voice Foundation. Voice Foundation week two. The interview series. Coming at you. Vocal Fry is in the house. And again, if you haven't had a chance yet, go check out our merch store. Yes. Now on the website. Yep. Get yourself a t-shirt. Get I'm yourself sure a mug. I'm sure we've been plugging it on Facebook Vocalfry.com. Vocal Fry with an I, of course, as as you would anticipate. We are punny. Uh, uh, trip, triple, triple punny. Actually, triple punny. We're we're very punny. I love puns. We're quad. We're well. Whatever. No, no. Anyway, uh, so go check out that. Go check out all our new social media. It's really, really kind of, really kind of cool. Yeah. Very, it's a crazy very cool time. stuff. Um, in case you missed last week's episode and didn't realize, we've a little bit of rebranding. Vocal fry is still the same. It's just vocal fry is now just vocal just fry. Just vocal fry, literally. And Vocal so fry. we're excited. Go check out the merch store. Um, and this this week was actually the first episode we recorded yes. at Voice Foundation. Lori Sonnenberg. And in case you're like, wow, Sarah and Leah seem really out of it. We were because we had slept a total of two hours the night before <laughs> having driven to New Orleans and like gotten up at the beautiful hour of three in the morning to catch flights to Philadelphia where we came straight to record. <laughs> Yeah, it was a grand time. But My coffee. Is I not will say in. that I think you guys were thrilled that you made it in to record with Lori. Yes, because this conversation was, was wonderful. It really was. I, I mean, what an encouraging, nice standpoint. I mean, especially I liked it for Leah because you know she's considered speech pathology as and a I thing. Think still does. You know, it's in the back of her mind. Yeah, and getting to hear Lori's journey from sort of singer and to- singing teacher to SLP was very i think encouraging just to know that like it can be done because the big kind of i think issue looking at as being a speech path if you're a voice person and you really want to do it from a voice perspective is that you don't necessarily study voice disorders all that much in school but she did it she made it work making you feel like oh i can do that so so and there's some great gems of wisdom there is. in this in this episode as there are in all of these but but yeah so check it out this week uh vocal fry voice foundation episode two with laurie sonnenberg peace you're listening to the vocal fry podcast your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from Waste Disposal Center 3 on the original Death Star. Last night, what time was the, what time was the wedding? The wedding was at 6. Yes, the wedding was at 6. I had to think about that. And so what time did you actually get to New Orleans last night? 12.15, yep. Midnight. And what time was your flight? Seven. So you were at the airport at five. five. They've had a long night. We got two hours of sleep. You had a wedding like also a before? No, no wedding. <laughs> but just the traveling? No, definitely no wedding. <laughs> uh, no, I got up at 4 a.m. to yeah. make a. You know, it's miserable. Yeah. In, in, indeed. Like yeah, it was yeah. Really <laughs> special to say the least. And I flew right in, came straight here, changed clothes, and went. That yeah. was about us. Right to the talks. Did you really? <laughs> I did. Oh, I've, I've done that before on I years did. where and I've come. And I, I think I sort of, I forgot that they have, af- the, that first afternoon is as full as it is. 
Right. And I just wasn't thinking. And then, and then I was in there, and then I just kind of had to stay. Yeah. <laughs> You're just trapped. <laughs> Thursday's always, I, I, I was only able to come up for these two days, but Thursday's always one of my favorite days because... It's the big papers in the morning and then all the posters. You yes. know, you get to see sort of the groundwork. Oh yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of sort of uh people in the trenches. Right. You and know. you know, I'm in the middle of writing this week, I've been writing all these proposals for right. Fall Voice and Nat National Nats and I and I saw a poster presentation and had the opportunity and that I had I was in the middle of working on this proposal and I was having a little trouble just clarifying exactly what I wanted to do with it and after I saw this poster presentation it all fell into place it was like all these light bulbs went off and I was like that's what I that's what I need to be thinking (laughs) indeed (laughs) so that was kind of cool so we have with us Lori now which how how many names do do I need to go by because I know what your Facebook looks like but how many (laughs) how many names do you normally use professionally um, I, I do use my middle in- initial professionally, so okay. Lori L. Sonnenberg, but of course nobody calls me that. You, you can just say Lori Sonnenberg. You okay, can say perfect. Lori uh, in the South. They call me Lori Lee. <laughs> that is, of course. Right. They, they would understand. Yes. Hence the L. Yeah. Uh-huh. They would understand yeah, very much, I having both that. grown up in the South. Yes. That was a new thing for me. Oh, you didn't, like, you weren't no expecting double the double names? I didn't know that was a thing. Did, is that just like not a thing? I mean, both of my nieces are in double names. Yeah, and my daughter is a double name. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Lila Grace Ann. Yeah. Oh, she's, is, she's triple <laughs> name. That's a beautiful name. <laughs> Thank you. That's a beautiful name. So you run your own practice, but I do. you have, but you came up as a singer. I did. I'd love to hear a little bit about really your background time. because I saw you post about it one day. So how how did you get to Speech Path? Ooh. We know it was a pretty um, linear path, I think. Uh, so I, I am a singer. I've always been a singer. I have no memories uh, in of my life that <laughs> are not around singing and music. So, And I was one of those young children that it was just very obvious early on that singing was what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I did a bachelor's in uh, voice performance at Centenary College. Down by us, yes, mm, yeah, not yeah, far I'm from, from us. I'm at from all. Northwest Louisiana. Oh, okay. so mm-hmm. fantastic! I grew up in a in a very small town near Shreveport. Okay, okay, Shreveport, and yeah. uh, three uh, hours from us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did my bachelor's at Centenary, and then I did my master's in voice pedagogy with uh, Dr. Norman Spivey uh-huh. at Penn, Penn State. State. And but even. You know, I started teaching voice really young. Uh, I don't know, I was like 19 or 20 during my bachelor's because there were all these young high school girls that wanted to, to study. And my voice teacher, I had taken a pedagogy class in my undergraduate degree, which is kind of unusual at, at that, t- especially back then. That was sure. very unusual. And it was the first introduction I had to voice injury and that it changes the singing voice and singers could have trouble with this and you know and and nobody really talked about it ever we we didn't talk about it and uh and i didn't really know a whole lot about it except what i learned in that class and that kind of planted a seed it just planted a very very early seed for interest in the injured singing voice and by the time i went to do my masters i was already pretty on fire about it uh, 
but still thought I was going to teach and perform. I mean, I, yeah. I still kind of had that those blinders on. Uh, but but Dr. Spivey and the program there, it was a new program. Sure, yeah, yeah, It was a very young program, and they... I didn't uh, even realize it went back that far, to be completely honest. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, I think I started that program in 98, and uh, they just, you know, they, it was small enough, there weren't that many of us, and you could, they, they sort of let me make it whatever I wanted it to be, and they really fostered my interest in voice injury, and even during that time, I had... ENTs in the area and I was only a graduate student and they were, were sending they were would give my name out to people That's awesome. uh, yeah. and around that time uh, <laughs> this is fun I'm going to mention her because I do please feel like I, I need to uh, uh, Peggy Baruti oh sure uh, mm -hmm. it, it, you know just opened her door wide to me and there weren't That's that many awesome. of us at that time who were interested in working with the injured singing voice right and she and Dr. Sadaloff just you know were very open to me learning from them and uh, and that fueled it even more. And uh, I did actually go as far to, to start my doctorate degree in, in voice, but realized pretty quickly that was a mistake, <laughs> just because the, the, the interest and the, the, the fire for, for fixing problematic voices was so strong. So I made the shift to speech pathology at the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. Okay. And... Uh, did that degree there, got the second master's, and then I went... So is that how you knew Carla? That I studied uh, with Carla. Uh, I, I see, I, I see. did. Uh, I studied with Carla during the DMA, and then and, and just during my time in Greensboro. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, and I personally was going through a lot of... Uh, and it's not uncommon at that age. I was around 25 or so that, you know, I was going through a lot of changes in my own singing. That's when my voice fell apart. Learning how to use my big girl voice. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, kind of becoming more of a, a lyric from the coloratura color side sure. of things. And it was very confusing time for me. And so I learned a lot about voice production during that time and how to work with resonance and shaping and spacing. And, uh, and so that helped. And then, you know, by the time I finished that, that second master's, it was just full speed ahead. And I was really fortunate, uh, Dr. Robert Bastian, uh, in Chicago, yep. who, you know, doesn't need a whole lot of introduction. Sure, but he, not in the speech back. Uh, he took a chance on me right away and brought me in and mentored. So is that where you did your residency? I did my fellowship with Dr. Bastian. Okay, okay. Now, he is not a speech pathologist, but right. uh, it was sort of a unique circumstance. I, I, I was on my own during that time running a speech pathology practice. I was the only one there right out of school. It was wow. very... <laughs> very daunting task yeah, um, yeah. but they felt like I was up to it and and I got a lot of support from him and his uh, fellow partner there uh, Dr. Brent Richardson and they they just took me under their wing and mentored and I had a local speech pathologist that was very close who also mentored and kind of came in and you know served as supervised me mm -hmm. uh, and and then it, that's that's kind of how it all happened. And uh, I worked with them for a while, uh, seven years or so. And then I was home with my daughter and had some health issues that needed to be addressed and dealt with during that time in my life. Sure. And and then I just opened my practice. So, so that's how long the story. Has, so how long have you had your own practice now? Uh, October 2017. Wow. So not even quite two years. Nope. Just getting started. And are things going well? Very I mean, well. And, and so... 
what you're in Chicago, but is it is easier to get to from anywhere in Chicago? Or I mean, Chicago is a very big landmass. Um, s- I am in Downers Grove, okay. uh, which is just outside. You know, about half hour drive from the city, uh, okay. right off. I set up my space kind of right off the freeway, so that it would be really easy for people to get to me. Sure. Uh, I have a couple of former students who are now in Chicago, so okay, I mean, it's yeah. good for me to no, know. No, and I do, you know, I, um, you know, there are quite a few voice uh, uh, SLPs in the Chicago area that, that practice voice. That's, there are quite a few of us, but I'm, and there are quite a few that are singers too and have that capability. Um, but I, out of all of us, I seem to be the one that really is honing in on, on the singing voice and uh, and have such a big part of my privacy. Sixty percent of my practice is singers. Wow, that's a that's a it, high it's number. A, it's a very high number um, because I, you know, I don't just get my referrals from from laryngologists and ENTs. I also get a lot. I would say that half of my referrals come from voice teachers. Sure. Uh, and you know, in the university setting. In the private studio setting, um, and I've been teaching and working in Chicago now for 14 years. So it's it takes a, time it, to build it, it a does. reputation. It does. It does. It, it takes. Know. It takes a long time, and uh, and I think, I think that's part of why it's working, and I'm and that it's successful because of that. So do you still? Uh, do you just teach voice lessons at all as well, or? That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> just, just out of curiosity. I no, mean. okay. So I think the best way to answer that. So now that I'm in my own practice, you know, I, I, I thought I'm going to try this and do it, and I, and I, I get to make it whatever I want it to be. Sure. And so I'm calling it what I like. I like to think of it as um, comprehensive voice care. Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, not just for the singer, for for any, you know, all voice mm-hmm. uh, and airway. And airway because nice. I do work with airway disorders. So the medical side of it uh, is the voice and airway disorder specialized treatment for that. But I do have that capability to help singers who don't have injury, but things are wrong, and and that happens to singers a lot. You'd be so surprised how they, you know, I'll get phone calls and they say. I got your name from so-and-so. I really hope you can help me. Um, I'm so frustrated. You know, I've been dealing with this issue for so long and something's just not right. But I've been to all these doctors and everybody says that everything's fine. They can't find anything wrong. But I know that it's just not right. And it's not working the way that, it, that it's supposed to. So that, that's, that ends up being a lot of my work. And so they don't necessarily have a medical diagnosis. Right. Um, and then, you know, there's a there's a, uh, a fine line sometimes with medical treatment versus rehabilitative singing mm-hmm. versus singing lesson. And so, um, you know, I just have to be ethical and professional in how I, I draw those lines and handle that. I remember I remember a guy I helped as a, as a singing teacher as part of a care team years and years ago. This is a long time ago who the speech path never even wanted to refer to this particular individual as a patient because what they were experiencing was so unique. He, he was like, I don't even call him a patient. I just, he's just somebody. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, he's something you see him. He's like, yeah, but we don't really do therapy. I was like, well, you do something. He's like, yeah, yeah. but uh. anyway, um, I guess I, I, I was specifically interested in your background, honestly, for Leah's sake somewhat because oh, yeah? Leah, well, she's now finished a master's degree just, yes in the last 30 days congratulations they both they both have but she she has considered 
doing a master's in speech path. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I was I was very excited when you said you know you were gonna willing to come on and, and chat with us um, because it's something that you know she's at a point in her life now where you know it's it's still an open door for her. You yeah. Know, she, absolutely. Um, so I, I was very interested in her. Do you have any quest specific questions in that I'm regard? Not sure. I'm, I'm sure I'll think of some later. Um, I think part of my um, hesitancy when I, because I did apply for a few programs, got into a couple. Out of undergrad. Spe- do you mean speech pathology yes, program? Yes, out of undergrad before I came back and did the vo- vocal pedagogy masters. Um, but I just couldn't, it's still, I mean, isn't it true? It's still a relatively, for the actually being a voice specialization, that's relatively rare, isn't it? I mean, um, or maybe I don't know singers. if rare is the right word. Um, I think the way to say it is that it's very difficult to specialize in voice as sure. a speech pathologist. Um, and it's fair. getting more and more difficult to specialize. That That's kind of the word that's yeah. coming down from, from newer mm. students entering the field uh, that they're wanting to go in that direction, but mm-hmm. they're having a really hard time finding uh, fellowships that right. allow them to have that kind of placement. Well, and that was the thing, because I had talked to um, Dr. Chandler Thompson, who she mm-hmm. had, had been at MC. You know I know, I you know, know Chandler. Chandler. Yeah. I do, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I had just been She's in contact. She's an MC alum, where I'm on the... Fa- where I, they d- I remember that. Yes. I do, I remember and that. so I had just... Some of my professors had put me in touch with her just so I could, you know, ask her some questions. And, you know, I just... In, when you do the, the speech path program, I mean, you get, like, what, one semester of, of voice, and then when you do your, your placements, you know, she was telling me, you know, you will get one if you're lucky, you know, the in-voice. You know, voice. it's funny, it's funny that you're saying ex- the words you're ex- saying right now, because the, the, you know, I mentioned I saw this poster presentation, and it was, gave me this idea, so I'm, I was working on an abstract this week about uh, voice therapy for singers mm-hmm. and necessary tools for speech pathologists because mm. the, the the average speech pathologist, the majority of speech pathologists are not comfortable. Right. They're not comfortable working with voice. They're, they lack a lot of confidence in that sure. area because uh, because of what you just said. Yeah. You get you get one undergraduate course, one graduate course in voice disorders, yeah. and you might work with one or two voice clients before you graduate and enter the field. Sure. And and so then it so now you might be an exception because you're a singer right. and you've got these innate skills and you already know a whole lot about voice production and some of it would just make really good sense to you in the moment you right. know you're you're gonna have some of your voice teaching instincts exactly. would almost yeah. kick yeah, in exactly. yeah, 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 yeah 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 you're yeah, gonna yeah. have tools already sure. that you can tap into but but speech pathologists without that background they don't have those skills yeah right. and they and they're just they're they're hungry for more information now with the specialization thing um you know i was very i, I mean i always say i was very fortunate and all the right people fell into the path at just the right sure, time. I mean, yeah. I mean, I had such a unique path. That linear path I'm describing right. is very unusual. And, and I think and Dr. Thompson had kind of a similar thing too. I just remember she her did, telling yeah. me similar. And things. she did. You're like, right. She did. Right. Really lucky to have this opportunity. No, yeah. and it doesn't happen like that for at, everybody that often anymore. Right. And uh, and so that was a lot of my hesitancy. Um, well, I I think you know my advice. I always my I, I get emails and messages on a weekly basis from people just like you yeah. who are saying so I'm a singer and I'm a voice teacher but I think I'm really really interested in this thing that you do like what well, do you mind telling me a little bit about 
how it came to be. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm always happy to share that. But my advice always is, you know, I believe you have to be your your own advocate and you have sure. to, you have to put yourself out there. You have to put your, you've, you've got to be willing to get in people's faces and have the conversation. Oh, so you know, I, I, not my strong suit. Yeah, so no, good. you do. You, ha- you have to, <laughs> no, you know, this is so good for the podcast. This, the, every, everything so you're saying right now is pure gold. You know, it really this is. is. You know, gold. you have to be willing to say, this is who I am. This is what I'm really good at. This is what I think I want to do. Yeah. So what do you think? Yeah. That's just the other day I was talking to my sister about just job hunting and my resume. Her sister's an attorney. Yeah. And oh. she was like, if you don't toot your own horn, no one else is going to. She's exactly <laughs> right. She's exactly right. And, you know, there is yeah. a way to do yeah. it with grace. Well, yeah, you don't want to be a jerk about <laughs> and it. Style yeah, 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 and style. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, right, you, right well, exactly. you know, I was even thinking about it today. I mean, I can remember still my first time coming to this conference as a graduate student and I didn't have the built-in mentorship uh, that these two are now having of my professor coming with me and introducing me to people and whatever and I remember my first time here I was scared to death. <laughs> it is pretty intimidating, isn't it? I scared to death. <laughs> I volunteered my very first time to come to the Voice Foundation. Uh, you know, I was loose. I had been observing uh, Peggy Broody and Dr. Sadiloff and spending time with well, them Well, you were already offices. connected to, you well, know. Well, I was, you know. but I wanted to come, and I was this poor student, of course, who had, <laughs> didn't have the money. To, and so they, <laughs> they, uh, they let me volunteer and help out. So the first time I was here, I was doing like sure. greeting and yeah. running but then I remember like I ended up not having to do very much and and came you know on on you know complimentary uh, registration and it is very intimidating yeah. because but that I and I have to share just it makes me think please just, just a few days ago or maybe it was last night at the gala or something and I I'm just thinking wow like you know I think back to the year 1999 or you know it was 20 years ago I was here and just so eager and hungry and thinking, God, I want to do this thing so badly. And I, I just, I want to make it happen so badly. And, uh, and then here, here I am, you know, with, I, with I, I know it's I, very cool. I had this moment at lunch today. I mean, when we were just having our Nats lunch and I just literally would now was thinking back to my first time here and that scared graduate student. And now I was kind of looking around. I was like, man, this is my, this is my tribe right here. This is my, these, is. Are my, these are my people here now. This is, this yeah. And you know, and that like I'm, I've been a Natsy since I was very young. I, I, I've been involved in Nats since I was uh, uh, 14, 15 years old. And, and, and the thing that's so cool about what I do is that I truly do have one foot in in each field. Another I, reason I, I wanted I to have walk, you on. I walk equally nice. in the medical and the and the music fields and you know that's that's pretty it's pretty fun yeah. and it's pretty rewarding and uh, and and your your mind gets full when you're here oh. there's just only so much you can oh, no. you can I, take in <laughs> it, uh, that's what we were just saying last night we were like i feel like but i mean we're only going to be there for really two days and and really just going to the conference tomorrow but i'll bet by the end of the day we're just going to be particularly particularly because you guys are going to get to talk to a, a six lot of people, people yeah. yourselves that uh, you normally don't get that kind of 
That's so great. You that's know, right. You've had so you've been able to sit down. We have with quite seven a few. appointments scheduled. Wow, that's great. Three today, three this afternoon, three tomorrow morning, one tomorrow afternoon. It's gonna be a long that's weekend. That's great. Well, I'm <laughs> honored to, to be my on vo- the list. And my voice has got to hold up in the time to give our well, paper I was tomorrow. Thinking, that's yes. a lot of that's a lot of voice use for you <laughs> for sure. Uh, so, what are you here presenting this week? I'm, I'm actually not presenting. Oh, you're not. I'm oh, not presenting. Excellent. I'm, well, okay, so I missed the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we came hence, close, didn't we? <laughs> hence, uh, all the, yeah. Yeah, hence all the frantic writing I've been doing this <laughs> week to not miss today's <laughs> deadline. Right. You know, I learned my lesson for sure. Yeah. But you know what? I, I generally, um, you know, it's no secret that these events are very expensive and costly for professionals as well as students. Oh, jeez. I don't want to uh, talk about it. But, you know, I... I've got this this practice it's doing well and I and I I look at it you know I have the funds now to to make sure that I'm getting these opportunities to which continue is a, networking which is great. and connecting and, yeah. and learning because there's still yes. so much to learn. Oh. Well, and still so much we're just learning, and work, period. Yes, and work to do. Yes. yes. And then it gives you, as a professional, it gives you ideas of, now, I, I know I want to contribute and I'm and I think I have an idea about how I can do that. But coming here and hearing about what everybody else is working on, it helps give you ideas. Oh, absolutely. But it's, it's costly. So I, I, I try to pick one really important conference a year to attend. And this was the pick this year. I try to make Voice Foundation in non-Nats national years. Okay. So when we do a national conference, well, that's a good. That's I, a good. Uh, I, sometimes my years get off depending on where our research has been and when I'm presenting here. Sure. In fact, the last few years I've been a little off, but that's that's the schedule I try to keep. I try to make Voice Foundation when we don't have Nats National, and then when we have Nats National. Good. Uh, well, but but I'm getting some help with that now because I'm taking over the posters from John, so I'm taking over posters oh. for Nats National. So Nats wow. will help me a little bit. <laughs> uh. So that conference becomes a little bit more affordable here for me in 2020, a little yes. bit. <laughs> always, always uh, a good thing. Oh, in, indeed. Um, but I, I do want to ask you, so you were mentioning to me, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but but let's let's just let's dig into this a little Letty's bit. Letty's going to. Uh-oh. He's, that means you're going <laughs> to put me on the spot, right? <laughs> so we are here presenting on our preliminary work on laryngeal manipulation. You said you don't do much of that in clinic, if any at all. I don't. So I would just love to hear just your perspective on that. Obviously, you know what it is. And so, like, because because we're, you know, hashtag vocal fry, hashtag vocal fam. Oh we're, we're open. We're not, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're not we're not well, standoffish I- at all. And, and we're just, we are, we wanted to do enough investigation from an empirical standpoint to have a better idea ourselves if, if, a singer could elicit a positive change by doing this to themselves. So we're not talking about a therapist intervention. We're just talking about someone essentially touching their neck sure. in an instructed way. Sure. But I'd love to hear your perspective since you shared that with me. Um, well, I'm afraid I don't have a whole lot to offer. Well, no, but just about, about the fact that you don't. I mean, Right. Um, well, I, I'll, I, think the, I think the short answer about why I don't is because... I work with a lot of different, I had a lot of mentors along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the, two of them were, two or three of them were pioneers in, in you know, voice therapy, sure. re- rehabilitation, and none of them really used it. Uh-huh. So my tra- in my training and uh, just in the treatment models that I was sort of brought up in, nobody 
was really doing much of it. Yeah. And, and so that's part, that's probably the main reason, because I think if I had been trained by someone that was using that regularly in treatment, I think I would probably have that in my wheelhouse a little more than sure. I do. Um, secondly, I, you know, it's one of those things that's always been as a therapist and, and this, there's so many treatment modalities to, Absolutely. to choose from. Just and like a voice teacher. Ju- yes. Just the voice teacher, but the voice therapist too. And, and you, you know, the things that you're good at and the way, and you know how to get results. And so you've got, but you've got all these other little things over here and say, Oh, I, I really want to learn about that. And I want to get better at that. And, and that's one of those things. Like I'd like to dig into it more myself and understand it better and, and, and have some hands-on training with someone who is really proficient at using it. Um, I think too, that because of my singing background, yeah, I have pretty effective methods, sure. you know, in, a, in resolving MTD in the singing voice, like very effective methods that, that, uh, because it makes up out of that 60% of singers that I see, 40% of that is MTD mm. without injury. Right. Mm. And, and so it, and so I think that I get so much experience to, to work on it that I've just over the years, I've developed this you have kind your own of system, your own treatments. Yeah, like I've, I've, and, and it's not that I'm not using things that other people are using. Sure. I'm, I'm probably using things that are very mm-hmm. common, uh, but I have a very specific way of putting them together, and uh, and deciding what works best for the singer. So I think because I get results other ways, I, I it's just not in the forefront. Yeah. I think me. that's why well, fix what isn't broken. Yeah. Well, yes, and I think that's a wonderful example of the fact that it's it's very comparable to a voice teacher who came up through their own lineage with their own teacher and you know so through most of their own singing training maybe they had maybe they had two primary voice teachers let's say let's just make up a number but you're still a lifelong learner you're here learning you're you know whatever i we we're always encouraging vo- our voice teachers who listen to be lifelong learners and so, but you also have to recognize that you still came up in the in the training that was part of you that 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 helped you achieve where you are and so that that absolutely has validity i guess what i'm trying to say is that I love um, Kari's uh, evidence-based voice pedagogy model. Absolutely. Because it accounts for recent research, what we've learned in research, but it also accounts for practical studio application, or in your case, clinical application. Things that you know, whether a book says it works or not, you know as a therapist, there are certain things that are just going to work because you've seen it work time and time again, right. whether it's been empirically proven or not. Right, it, because it's ingrained. It's part of the way that I listen to a voice. You know, the singer, it, it doesn't take long, and it's not, it doesn't take long to make a decision about how to change the voice. You know, you know right, right away, you listen to it, and, and, and there's a lot of trial and error involved, but you're right, it's a part of how you function yourself as a singer, how you function as a teacher, how your mind works as a teacher. And, uh, and, and honestly, 
so many of the skills that I use on a daily basis to, to help those singers, they absolutely come from my life and experience as a singer and a teacher of singing, yeah. not necessarily from the speech pathology training that I received. Now, the speech pathology training helped me understand yeah. all of that work that I had been doing because I may not have understood you know, well, intrinsically exactly what was happening. I, I tell them all the time that your singers never need to understand the things that I want them to understand as functional listeners. You know, I want them hearing things as voice teachers that I don't care if their singers even know what it means or what it is. I don't care. Yeah. I, I just want them as a voice teacher to be able to elicit a change for a positive response exactly. that can hopefully be habitual and, you know, be produced when they're not in their teacher's presence. Exactly. And, you know, and, and something that it's funny, I'll just share this little interesting thing with you. I, so I, you know, because I get that opportunity so much, you know, the word is getting around that, you know, okay, this, the, here's, this, sure. is, this, <laughs> this is the girl, you, you know, she, she can, she might know how to help Referral you. And, is everything. And so, which is just so amazing for me uh, on so many levels, but I'll get the, the, the patient will come say, just use a young singer. For example, yeah, I work with a lot of young female voices. Of Hence course. You see a lot of MTD. Oh, <laughs> age, well, that's why I mean, that I'm well, seeing I'm that. Only age say, group. I'm only saying that because that's what the literature tells us. The literature exactly. tells us that teenage females are the most right. common so, population. of MTD. So I would say the demo, you know, for me, the demographic is 14 to 24 yep. probably that's that's, uh, that's a textbook yeah that, that's the next there you go that's the next textbook book. definition uh, but but they'll come to me and and i i am very generous in my uh with trial therapy when i evaluate a singer so i i try to sp send them home with something to get started on because the voice responds really really quickly to change you know within within days they can they, they can be singing differently if they're making the right noises and and doing them for very short periods of time very often and I'll send them away with something as simple as our semi-occluded vocal tract exercise mm -hmm. that's almost always where we start you know um, but they have to be done the, in, a, in a certain way and and that's all I'm going to say without yep. opening that can of worms. But we they talk have about to, SOVTs on you know, the podcast. They have all the time. to be done in all a certain the way. All <laughs> the time. They'll they'll go back to their teacher. I say, and I say, here here's what I want you to do. Take this to your teacher and show it to them. Make sure they know what I've given you. Demonstrate it for them, and see if they'll be willing to put it into your warm up during your lesson. So then I get a call or an email from the voice teacher. And it'll be a teacher that I know and respect what they do and, and feel really good about their technique. And, and they'll call and they'll say, I don't understand. I already gave her that to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we tried that. So how come it works differently? <laughs> you know, that feels like maybe it's just singers. Is that a can of worms? Well, That's because worms. it feels like when I have students sing on a master class and the mass, you know, the, the, the teacher says something that I've said a thousand times <laughs> and they, and the, and the teacher who's teaching the master class goes, you know, I'm sure your teacher said this. And they're like, no. And I'm, I'm, and I'm like, what, what have we been doing all year? Like what? Like, that's a great point. Uh, but you know what? The nice way. So my response to that teacher, I'm like, 
I know, I get it. And it's very frustrating. But, you know, two things. You have to remember, I'm listening with different ears. Because that's what I'm there to do. Yes. I don't. So that's the first point. And then the second is that I have the luxury. My only job in that few minutes that I'm doing this with that patient is for them to produce the sound that I want them to in, in the most simple, efficient baseline way, almost, you know, there, there's nothing else to worry about in that moment. I don't have to worry about a song. I don't have to worry about diction. I don't have to worry about, it is so elementary and building block level. And I think that's when that, part of that you know that makes the difference i mean that reflects honestly one of my big voice teaching philosophies which is a lot of the time especially if i've inherited like a new graduate student let's say who Mm -hmm. has voice training i'll immediately basically break them down to the idea we're just making noise i want you to stop thinking about singing oh i say that all the time we're just making noise just make noise noise. (laughs) oh my gosh i say it ad nauseum they've heard me say it Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> didn't we? Ju- didn't I just say this to you the other day? Mm-hmm. Like I've only ever taken one whole voice lesson with him. She studies with my wife. Yeah. Got it. And I. I they can't both study with my wife. Even, actually. I'm. I'm sure I couldn't even keep track of how many times you said that to me. Yeah. During like a what, thirty minute thirty session. minutes. It wasn't that long. Well, there's also the other thing I think from my perspective is, you know. And, and I'm, I, I would get, I'm going to get some serious pushback on this comment <laughs> probably out nah. in the world of voice, but, nah. but perfect practice makes perfect. And I, I, I you yes. know what, yes. it's just in my world, it's the truth. And I, and I always say to my patients, they, if, if you lose it just for a second, you know, once I say that, that right there, that's how I want you to do it. But if you lose it, you stop. You don't keep going. Hmm. You always go back to what works. Yes. And so even if that means yes. that for the next seven days, you're only practicing one sound, one way, over and over and over again. Yes. And because that's how we make changes in the voice with persistence and... and, uh, and Patience. Yeah. And, and you know what? In the beginning of a therapy program, I may only have one or two things that, that give that when they do it a certain way that I hear this is what we're going for. Well, that's exactly how I am with a new student. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then, and then once you accomplish that, then you can just, and I always say to them, if you, if you can just perfect this, just yep. hone that and, and live with it and breathe with, breathe it and find a get noise. it in there. Yes. Then we can turn that into anything. Yes, absolutely. So that's, that's, I think that's a good way to, to think of it and approach it. That's awesome. What great wisdom. Lori, okay, so we are half voice science, half voice pedagogy. Well, sort of <laughs> half voice science and pedagogy and, then and and half nerd pop culture. 100%. Do you have any pop culture interest at all? Book series you're into, movie, TV, TV uh, a band you're really into, an yeah. artist you're really into, a- anything whatsoever. It could be even Someone the shows that you have to watch because your daughter's really into them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because Ian Howell, Ian, 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 uh, when Ian Howell was on, uh, we sang Daniel Tiger songs because that's what his daughter oh was into boy. watching. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm not sure that. Okay, so I, yes, I do have something. This is only people that know me really, really well know this about me. Uh, so this is I, the good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so you're about to know me really well. I am a passionate true true crime buff. 
Oh. Fantastic. And I I mean, the grittier, the better. Oh, wow. And Fantastic. Yes. And so my new, uh, so I like, I, I'm in my car a lot mm-hmm. commuting because my daughter goes to school really far away from, not far, but, you know, it's about a half hour drive yeah. from where I work. And so I'm, I'm on the freeway a lot. And my new thing is listening to podcasts, uh-huh. much like yours. Phenomenal. But, but I will admit the true crime podcasts are a little more fun sometimes. So my newest podcast is called Over My Dead Body. Oh. So basically you're, pre- you're preparing for ways to, okay. <laughs> I just was listening on the plane. I was listening to a, a true crime podcast, which I haven't really been into podcasts, but my oh. friend has been telling me about this one called My Favorite Murder oh, for months. Oh, that sounds good. Sounds terrifying. And it's just these two girls who are just like really fascinated this by. This is a Leah episode. <laughs> this is a Leah episode. <laughs> so this, the one that I was listening to today was like, um, there was one about this cult that was really popular like from like the 70s through the 90s um and then there was you know it's just lots of random things like i downloaded <laughs> another episode that's i can't remember but i've only listened to a couple They're of them fun. But just like I, I love it and i read i read yeah. i'm a i'm a i read I all the time reading. and i read crime novels and Fantastic. yes and and i've been doing that since i was a young girl mm-hmm. I, I started out with you know, back then, I mean, it was Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys sure, and the mystery. Yeah. So I've always yeah. been a mystery lover, but but the true crime, uh, it's that's that's my favorite. So I, that's my checking out of because so much of my life is the same yeah. subject, mm-hmm. like yeah. many of us. You know, yeah. when you're a voice person, oh. it's 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 just part of every waking minute. It feels like <laughs> this is so perfect because this is literally why we talk about nerd pop culture really on is. the show. It is yeah. because our whole lives it's are consumed science. with yes, voice. They are consumed. Music. So that's my way of checking out from voice time and just listening to somebody else's drama. Yeah. And this is a golden vocal fry moment. Right here. <laughs> so like Dateline NBC too, or like any of that stuff no, or no, 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 not, not really that. Who's the host of true crime? Isn't, isn't, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really watch a whole lot of things on television like that. There's a guy who does one of those shows. I've heard him interviewed and it, it's really, he's actually, I don't think it's true crime, but I can't remember the actual show. And he's a former detective. Like he actually was oh. a murder investigator. Ooh, I should um, check that out. Oh, I have to, I'll have to go back and look for his name. So do you stick to fiction or nonfiction or, or do you like fiction too when it comes to the crime, crime and murder and reading? It, either. Okay. So have you ever read like the Robert Galbraith series? I always try no. to feel people out for this because I love them. Well, so it's it's J.K. Rowling's pen name, and she wrote um, <gasps> my my roommate here yeah. at the conference that I'm I'm staying mm-hmm. with yeah. just told me about that. Yeah, well, a few days great. ago. Well, okay, so they're crime novels, and like the first one is not particularly gory. The second and the third one have a little bit of gore. I haven't read the most recent one yet, but if you're into the true crime stuff, like it's, it's borderline for me, what I can like read and not <laughs> then have nightmares for weeks or something. <laughs> like Sarah but doesn't watch game of Thrones. I don't. Um, There's I no game of Thrones. Okay. I'm with you on that. I, I'm but, with you on that. But they're really good. And so it's JK Rowling's pen name, but they're murder mysteries and they're really, really good. Like it, it just kind of astounds me that they haven't, gained more popularity but if you're into that kind of thing and you like reading them, I, I definitely am recommend. sensing a, a, an Amazon uh, download for the plane ride home <laughs> you really, that's awesome you that's really awesome. should 
<laughs> they're good and you can get the audiobooks of them too because oh, okay. at first i read them all and then i listened to them all like I don't know when basically when driving I like to listen to audiobooks. So Vocal okay. Fry listeners, if you have been waiting for the true crime episode of Vocal Fry, <laughs> apparently you found it. Apparently Lori Sonnenberg has brought it to you <laughs> here at the Voice Foundation. Um, oh my goodness gracious. Last summer when we tried to binge watch Law Oh and my Order gosh, SVU, we watched just about every episode. We watched like all we watched about 15 seasons yeah. within the course of a month or well, two. I mean, we there's 38 all... years of that show, so I mean, <laughs> and it wasn't like we literally it's were 19. watching. Like it's we 19. would just like <laughs> have it on while we were doing things. Yeah, but it got to a point where we were like, I, I can't watch anymore can't of this. Anymore. Like it's too. There is in fact a point where it's too much. Yeah. And, then, and <laughs> then you needed to go back to voice. Exactly. Yep. You go because back to voice. And you're, and then you're, you're your mind again. My life right. disappears. Your mind is clear and you're ready. Right. Oh we my got goodness really stressed. Gracious. Yeah. Lori, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to Vocal Fry before we go, because we're going to do this three times today. Sarah, oh, what did you have for breakfast? Breakfast was at 3.30 this morning. So I have to think about this. It was a cliff bar, and it was gross. Every, every week we ask what Sarah had for breakfast. Oh, it's always something okay. exciting. Okay. So Not that's really. gonna you're gonna hear a lot about <laughs> cliff bars here at Voice Foundation because we got a lot of recording sessions today and tomorrow. Well, I got a lot of opinions <laughs> about them. <laughs> Maybe we should ask our guests what they had for breakfast. Uh, yeah. What'd you have for breakfast? Um, well. I had two hard-boiled eggs, Fantastic. which is not a surprise. Here's the, here's the unique thing about those two hard-boiled eggs that I needed and wanted really badly okay. because I overslept and was late. I paid $9 for it. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. Welcome to the West in Philadelphia. If the West in Philadelphia would like, like to sponsor, sponsor the Vocal Fry podcast. That's like, literally that's, right. that's a large part of the per diem. Oh, my <laughs> goodness gracious. Yeah. Well, they thank, were good, though. Well, well hey, at least good. they were good. Uh, apparently. No, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. for It was really fun. And uh, I enjoy, I, I love what I do. And I, I enjoy talking about it a lot. You so. are a gem, Lori uh, Sonberg. This, thank you so much for sitting with us all right um we're not going to do any takeaways today or we're going to do takeaways all day long normally we end with takeaways but Uh, get your eight hours two's not enough your mind is full right there theirs are going to be by the end of this let me tell you what (laughs) all right peace out vocal fam Bye.